Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. From the After Nine Podcast Studios, this, this is the award winning After Nine with Scott and Cat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed, or he'll buy it. Happy motherfucking Friday! Welcome to the long <laughs> weekend, everybody. Ooh, we have a busy show. We have a busy show. Oh, before we get started, can I say my thing about next week real quick? Yeah. So I, I told you guys about my interview process, being the voice of TikTok and all these other things, right? And I said, I, I'm i really picky now about what interviews I do. I've turned down a lot of podcasts, by the way. A I, lot of podcasts. Um, yeah, just because whatever. It doesn't, like some things make sense and some things don't. So I got a call from a talk show. Uh, Daily Blast Live. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess I could do something. Now, the cool part for me is I'm actually a really big fan of one of the hosts of the show because he was a former Big Brother contestant. And then he turned out to be like, he got his own like stardom from that. His name is Jeff Schroeder. So I thought, okay, I'm actually a really big fan of Jeff. So maybe I will do the show if he's interviewing me. And he is. Great. But then they threw me a bit of a curveball in a cool way. Next week, for the first time, you're going to have on the same segment... The voice on TikTok, myself, and Siri, the real Siri. That's a real person? Her name is Susan Bennett. For those who don't, I'm amazed when people don't realize that. I'm like, yes, we found out about Susan Bennett years ago. It was oh. like 2000 something. Uh, yeah. The, so the, Su- the voice in my phone is a real person? The voice in your phone is a real person. Her name is Susan Bennett. And I've talked about her so many times in all these interviews because oh, Siri always gets brought up. It's always like, oh, that's Siri, it's Siri. So finally, myself and Susan are going to be joining each other on the same on the same talk show segment. So I'll give you guys more details. It's not until next week, but I'll give you guys more details in case you want to check it out. And I'm sure I can I can share it with you guys too. All right. Nick Cannon on After Nine next week. That'll next be fun. Week. And coming up soon, we're going to have Brian Baumler and Scott McGilvery on After Nine. That's going to be in like eh, 10, 15 minutes they're or gonna so. Call, they're going to call us. So if we have to stop mid-convo about something, now you know, heads up. They're going to call us because they're um, busy guys. And I know that it's... They got a bunch of interviews today and stuff like that too, but they really wanted to chat with us because they also sent us a first episode before it even premiered. So we'll chat about that coming up. And you watched it? I did watch it. Okay. We're going to talk to them about it because I love that shit. It's HGTV, right? It's on HGTV, yep. And Stack TV. Good. All right. Lots to get to here. Today is a big day. Today at about noon, the report into the use of the Emergencies Act almost exactly a year ago gets released to the public. That big proceeding that happened back in the fall, Justice Rouleau has gone through 9,000 pages of documents. He has reviewed the testimony of like 300 witnesses, and he is ready to release his report on whether or not it was justified to use the Emergencies Act to clear out the protests in Ottawa. And if it wasn't justified, why? And if it was justified... Uh, how can the legislation be amended in the future to make sure that we keep using it appropriately? I have no idea what the justice is going to say. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. My first inclination is, well, he was appointed by a liberal prime minister and he's a prominent liberal, so it's probably going to defend the government. But there was a lot of pretty damning testimony, so I'm really not sure what's going to happen here. I'll reserve judgment for Monday's episode of After 9 and we'll talk a little bit more about whatever Actually, it'd be Tuesday, right? We're off on Monday. Oh, yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tuesdays after nine, we'll talk about that. 
Today, John Tory takes a walk in the snow. He's done as of 5 p.m. He's actually going, wrapping up a full week of will he or won't he? Is he like, <laughs> it's so awkward. Like, so does he like bring a box in or someone going to like pack his stuff up for him? Because I feel like this is just going to have cameras all oh, over yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Like watching City Hall like a hawk. And he's got his great setup there and it's a beautiful City Hall and his office is just great. Is it like, it's got to be we all know what's happening, but it's still, like, awkward. Like, is he bringing his own stuff? Is he bringing people to help him pack everything up there? Is there, like, a mover? Like, is that what you're wondering? I, I, I don't know. It's just kind of the whole thing is awkward when you know it's someone's last day, and it's the that position especially, right? All eyes are going to be on you. That's just how it is. Do you think he has to be out quick? Like, bring a box, John. Get your shit out of the office. I don't know. like Because his workday's done at 5. He is that type of mayor, which is great, that stays later than 5 o'clock. Most most of the time, I would assume. Yeah, but so the cameras are, are going to be camped gonna, like, out until the, he leaves. Yeah, get the hell out right now. Dave Blizzard, by the way, joining us, of course. When did you think the things were happening? It's probably after 5 p.m. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Hello, Stuff you're in a different box. right. Mayor's staying late tonight, isn't he? Oh, winky wink. Sure is. Oh, I don't want to think about that again. I like to pretend I forget the purpose of why he's leaving. <laughs> I don't like to think about that. Maybe he'll use those collapsible, uh, collapsible crates that you can buy yeah, yeah. to move things out. He seems conscious of that. Yeah. I don't want to use too many boxes. He would do that, though. That's the thing. Is like He's actually like a good guy, Like you know? It's weird. The whole situation is so weird. Scarborough counselor Jennifer McKelvey is going to be the interim mayor, and she's only going to be there till probably summertime. I heard the earliest they can do a by-election is June. I also heard, by the way, at a cost of $18 million, which is ridiculous. But anyway, Jennifer's going to be the mayor for a little bit. If you're the incoming mayor and you're replacing a mayor who's stepping down because he had a torrid love affair with a woman less than half of his age— in some cases, after hours, and probably at City Hall. Are you good with the furniture as is, or are you going to have them ship that couch out and get rid of that chair and bring in all new <laughs> I shit? I didn't think about that, too. Steam clean it. Oh, <laughs> no. The whole nines. Day one, Jennifer, walk into that office and say, you can take that chair, that couch, that chair, that chair, that chair, and burn them. What? I don't want them anywhere near here. Now, how much money is spent on remodeling? What is, was it there, though? I think. Do we know? Like, we know that been. it was a staffer, but it's like, did they take it off the city hall property at all? No, they don't you move sure? the furniture when the mayor shags one of his subordinates. No, but I'm wondering if that's where they had sex. That's my question. That's it's like, what they I'm did thinking. it there? Like, we don't know that for sure, though. Well, I, somebody must know. I have to imagine that. Like, there's a lot of windows in that place. Can we just picture it for a second? And you go just ahead like, and picture it. I don't want to picture it. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, the place, okay? Not the sex. I'm trying to imagine who would. Who would know? Like, let's say that that is where it happened, and this is all speculatory. But let's say that is where right. it happened. Do you, is it that movie cliche where there's like the dark hallway and there's one light on at the end of the hallway, and then you see like a, a custodian cleaning, and, yeah. and he sees something, but he puts his head back down and just shakes it. <laughs> None <laughs> of my business. <laughs> not my pig. Not my farm. Like one of those kind of deals. Yeah. I don't know. And that's it. That's the circle. I would think he wouldn't take a risk and do it there. Like, I mean, obviously he did it. Like it happened, but. Doing it there would have been, I don't know, far more obvious, wouldn't it? I don't, I'm stuck or on this movie. Or maybe it wasn't. Isn't I'm there cameras everywhere in that place? <laughs> Not in the mayor's <laughs> office. Maybe he well, wanted this is, it so, so you think it was in the office then? I think so. Where else would it have been? Yeah, I'm still stuck in this movie. I, I'm picturing he gets caught by some staffer coming back. Oh, it'll just, be a movie. Just came to get the McKenzie files. Uh, oh, and then drops the box. <laughs> 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 and they see what's happening in the office. <laughs> 
Mackenzie Files. Yeah, I don't know. I'm here for the Mackenzie Files. It's like, the Mackenzie Files. Dave, where's your child? Oh, where's your new daughter? <laughs> I know exactly oh, where yeah. my daughter is. Oh yeah, update, and it's update, not here. Not here. Yeah. yeah, not yet. Still nothing. Any yeah. moment, you never know. Uh, is she being induced at a certain date if 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 things aren't happening? Is that correct? Uh, yes, sort of. It's oh, just okay. more of a progress thing. Yeah. It's hard to, I, I don't know. I I feel like I've gone through every gamut of emotions in the last four yeah. and a half weeks. It's a lot. Yeah, because we didn't, it wasn't a threatening pregnancy. I don't want to say like it was like anybody was at risk, but there were some medical factors that were kind of like, okay, we well, need to monitor everything mm-hmm. a lot closer than you would. So any feeling, mm-hmm. anytime something felt a little off, it was like, okay, go to the hospital, get checked. And every time we're there, it was a, well, you know, this could happen at any time. So you're like, oh. You're on the edge for yeah. literally weeks. Yeah. And up to this point here, too, we're just like, any time now. Yeah. And still any time now. And then in 10 minutes, it's any time now. Yeah. Could be now, could be in a week and a half now. It must be so frustrating not being able to make plans for family day. Is it a yeah. rezzo for two, for three? We don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what am I? Those family portraits you're going to create. Is, is the baby going to be outside or inside still? Come on. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole, uh, uh, I don't know. Dude, is there, there's no mascot for family day. I was thinking like, you know. you know how There kids should would, be. You know how kids would make the turkeys for Thanksgiving and things like that? Yeah. Or the beaver for Canada Day. Like, what do we make? What? It's usually a family. Po- <laughs> that's what it is. Is like the kid will make a family family it's portrait or tree or something. Thumbs or it's the heads. Thumb, Yeah, exactly. It's a stuffy of John Tory. Oh, <laughs> no. Um, so Joe Biden came out yesterday and he did a news conference and he says, there's nothing to worry about those objects that we shot down. We haven't found them, but we're pretty sure it's not the Chinese. It's not the Russians. It's not the aliens. It was probably just a school or a private business or a private individual that was flying something. Now we're hearing Anecdotal stuff like Hobby Lobby lost a pretty big balloon that was likely floating towards the Yukon. And and now there's a theory that we used a $400,000 Sidewinder missile to blow up an honest-to-God balloon that you would get from a, a, a store if you were having a party or something that's like that. That's embarrassing, by the way. It's really Holy embarrassing. Holy shit, shoot it! Like, it's a kid's party balloon. What are you doing? We're really fucking scraping the bottom of the barrel if we're sending up the Navy fighter pilots with Sidewinder missiles to blow up an actual balloon. Like, helium-filled, filled on the ground at any plaza that you drive by at any given day. That's now what they think it was. I'm just curious at how you can't identify them better. Like, we have the ability to see space. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You know, but yeah. for whatever reason, we can't we can't determine what the balloon is. I mean, if it's nondescript, I, okay, sure, maybe there's a question there. But I would think that we've got to have some sort of technology that we could, I'm not going to say x-ray vision, but you'd have to be able to somehow get close enough, I would think, to understand what it is. You would think. With I, some technology. Did they act first and think later? Is that one of those scenarios? Well, now it's shoot everything that's in the sky. Honestly. Yeah. I see people that they're shooting clouds. If it doesn't have <laughs> wings, it's getting shot down. <laughs> yeah. That's just the way we're operating right now. Do you buy that, though? Guys, don't worry about it. We haven't found it. We don't know where it is, and we're going to quit looking. But don't worry about it, because it was probably some school that was doing a weather experiment or some business or some private individual who lost their drone. I, I, I would buy, I would believe that it could be an individual because there are some people out there just doing 
I guess that just have like money and time that have like hobbies and they're going to hide and never tell anyone it was them for sure. Cause they're probably afraid to get in trouble, but I could see that being a thing like a retired somebody who knows something about this. Okay. Cause it can't just be like someone random doing it. It's gotta be someone who knows a bit about what they're doing. I would assume. Right. <laughs> and then they're just, and now they're not going to tell anyone it was them. Yeah. They're hoping it was blown up so much so that they'll never figure out it was them. And they're hiding in their home, praying to God that they don't figure it out. Two days ago, I was convinced this was aliens. Now I'm ready to write this off as some asshole with a drone. If it yeah. was your drone, could you just call us? I know you're worried about getting in trouble, <laughs> but fuck, we'd all like a little peace of mind. Just call the White House. Who yeah. do you phone? Do you phone the Pentagon? I, I do you know. phone the White House? No, yeah, no, like I don't know. Just good, morning, good morning, the White House. Hey, you <laughs> speak to Joe? Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Is Joe around? Uh, just tell us it was that so we can have a little peace of mind and sleep at night because we thought we were being invaded by aliens and now it turns out it's a balloon from a kid's party. Yeah, but then you got your uncle's Facebook page that says, the person's a plant. It's a government plant. It's a government plant. Uh, we have some special guests. Oh, the dishonesty lights. <laughs> is that what you call it? That's like as soon as the, the red lights on, it's like okay, we got to lie now. <laughs> Scott McGillivray, Brian Balmer, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, well, thanks for, having, for us. having us. Um, renovation Resort, I gotta say, so you guys always give us like a little sneak peek so we can see it ahead of everyone else. Makes us feel very special, and also it's a great show. Like I am excited to watch this one. I'm excited to watch it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, Brian, what doesn't even remember? No, what so what was what, where? What do we do, Brian? Last summer we were renovating that resort with all those competitors. Don't oh, you remember? I just remember waking up on the ground and staring at the sun. <laughs> <laughs> we drugged and dragged Brian to help like uh, getting BA Baracus into an airplane. You know, like the A team. <laughs> it's a, it's such a cool premise, though. I love it. You knock down these old cabins, then you rebuild these beautiful cottages, and then it's up to the teams to figure out how they want to design it or maybe even kind of like rebuild some spots in it. I noticed, where was this, by the way, filmed? That's what I couldn't figure out. I'm trying to be like eagle eye, like, is this Canada? Is this somewhere in oh, the yeah. States? Where was it? This oh. is Southern Ontario. Oh, yeah. right. Two hours from Toronto. Yeah, uh -oh. we have some of the, we have honestly some of the best vacation spots on planet Earth mm -hmm. that within a few hours of, uh, you know, all the major cities here. So this is a property that I picked up many years ago and it was, almost abandoned there was an old fishing resort that had originally been like a, a log uh cabin of not a log cabin sorry a logging cabin of some sort and it really was in rough shape but amazing piece of property on the trent severn beautiful waterfront a bit of a beach and uh and it was like <laughs> you know and i was just one of those properties i knew i wanted to redevelop and then brian and i got talking over the last couple of years about you know, some of the projects that we do together. And I said, look, I got this cool spot. We could do a competition show. We could put some of these, you know, influencers and other um, designer contractor teams who reach out to us to the test on this property. And so we put together this idea, and it's, it's pretty raw. It's a pretty, I call it more of a behind-the-scenes type show mm. because it shows you the stuff that typically gets edited out of a HGTV show, the banter, the... The stress, the there's a lot of crying and yeah. yelling, and that's just me and Brian. That's just us. <laughs> it's not one of those challenge shows where it's like, okay, guys, today we're going to build a birdhouse and we're going to, you know, guess the judge the best birdhouse, and no. tomorrow we'll do a doghouse. And this was you're going to finish this cabin from top to bottom, and this has to be rent ready, you know, for the market. This has to be real, and these are 
are, you know, we had some couples, we had some coworkers, uh, uh, we had a, a couple from Arizona, yeah. we had partners out of Chicago, we had a couple of Canadian teams, uh, you know, design build, and this this was a great opportunity to watch them go through that emotional and physical mm-hmm. journey of, of, you know, working 20, 22 hours a day, seven days a week to get this done under pressure and under a schedule. So we got to watch them do what we've been doing for years. And Oh, that was nice to we, be on the oh, other side. We got a little fishing <laughs> in. Yeah. Oh, Worked God. on my tan. I actually got to finish my coffee before starting to work. <laughs> this sounds like a fun little show. I, I, I want to ask, though, Scott, you uh, you came to Brian with the premise for the show. Is that right? Yeah, well, I mean, I had the property, and I said, you know, Brian and I had talked year, for years about doing a show together because we get, we get plucked to do other shows around North America. We do shows in the States and Canada, and it always feels very – there's some great shows. I don't want to underestimate or undermine anything, but it's, there's, they're always very formatted. There's a host. There's, you know, certain challenges, or maybe you're just on a set. And I, Brian and I, we, we're, we come from the real estate business. Like, we're both contractors. We both do building. We invest in real estate. Like, we're, I, we wanted to keep it real. I'm like, let's just do this real. We don't, let's not hire actors. There's no host to the show. Mm. It's, these projects need to be done. And the people that we brought, who we cast, they're pros. At least they claim to be. <laughs> and, uh, and so we, we kind of came up with the concept together. I would say, uh, but it and the uh, here's the real thing. Like this is a real vacation rental property. You can rent these cabins. It's not a set. Like these are available. They're they're going up for rent in the next two weeks on StayApp.co, and people will be coming to stay in these properties. And we're really going to find out how good of a job yeah. these competitors did. Well, and the best the best part for me about this entire experience was you know watching Scott sweat a little bit. This is his you know this this his property. It's his money. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're there to help, but I've been through all of this. I've been through the stress, you know, trying to get things done. Watch it's it's your business. You're filming it. There's chaos. So I, I have to admit I did have a this thing, I did this, enjoy the yeah, watching you, you sweat it. a little bit. It's like the hundred thousand dollar an hour yeah. project every day. He needed a lot of hugs. Uh, a lot of hugs. Really lots did. of hugs. Pur- purposely done, I'm sure. But I noticed like all the designers are so different, and I think that's what's cool about it though is that every ca- every cottage, every cabin at the end of this is going to be so different. But on that note of like you being a judge, honestly, have you ever walked into like a room that that someone's done? And looked around and been like, in your mind, think this is friggin' ugly. I don't think that I would stay here. <laughs> Ever? Yeah, 100%. And, yeah. And, yeah. You know, Brian has it's me subjective. Over to all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's human nature. And that's one of the things, you know, Scott and I realized early on is this, this is going to be hard because judging the look of something, if, if the quality of work is there, you know, everything is subjective. And, uh, you know, we, we have to realize there's different markets, there's different people that are going to, you, you can have an experience and rent all four of these cabins over, you know, four different weeks and, and, and really travel around the world and experience these different styles. So it's a little bit there for everybody. And we've both built enough houses to realize that the minute you finish, you walk in and think, you know, next time next, I'll do something next a little one, different. My next one, yeah. So, I mean, that's the great thing about a vacation rental property. You can have those different experiences. You can watch it come together. But, but yeah, it was, it was hard to – it was really hard for us to pick – you know, a winner. It was hard. But watching a little bit back, because Brian and I have been looking at the first couple episodes, 
the the competitors pushed back pretty hard. No, yeah. You know, we would give our opinions. I'm like, we don't like this, or this doesn't seem to. We make don't sense. care. And they're like, well, <laughs> you need to wait and see how it's done. I was like, wow, okay. Like that. It was mm-hmm. nice to see the confidence in the competitors. Like they are pros, and they had a plan, and some of it worked, and some of it didn't. But um, it was it was a lot of stress for I think everybody on set. Yeah. Okay, we're going to ask both of you guys this question, but we'll start with you, Scott. What's one thing sure. you learned about Brian doing this show? Oh, 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 boy. You I promised so many you wouldn't, wouldn't tell. No. <laughs> 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 Brian gave me a he's like, he's like, we're not, you're never going to talk about these things, are you? I'm like, I don't know if they ask. Well, Brian and I lived on set in two trailers beside each other. We both have a trailer that we travel in uh, just for vacation purposes. But So we drove them to site, hooked them up, and lived beside each other. Um, something I learned about Brian is that, I, okay, I'm going to give you a compliment, so prepare oh, yourself. Oh, here we go. <clears throat> He's actually a pretty good cook. And, uh, mm. you know, for the first few nights, he was super excited. And he's like, hey, why don't you, after the show, come over to my trailer. I'll make us some dinner. And I'm like, what are you going to make me for dinner in the trailer? Let's just go out for dinner. And uh, I would come over. He had all the spices and seasonings. He had... He's like, oh, I went to the uh, I went to the butcher and got us some steak. I had the candles he, on. He, was, he had the table set. <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, Brian, I'm like, you're are you lonely? Like, what? You, you prepared for me, and he's but he often would be like, hey, let me uh, cook some dinner tonight. He was a fantastic chef, so I gained a bit of weight, I think. Yes, he did. Living beside you in the trailers, and uh, next time I'm bringing meals. my cat. <laughs> food Network Canada is going to be calling then it sounds like I think it's all could have a food show <laughs> <laughs> you might as well okay and then we'll ask the same for Brian then what'd you learn about Scott um geez how do I follow that now I have to say something nice I know this, this is going to be easy um you know we always learn different things about each other we you know we sit down and bang heads together share ideas and, and talk uh, and I, I learned I learned that you know under under that beautiful coiffed hair and you know behind those shiny teeth there's a there's a sensitive there's a sensitive little guy in there what <laughs> <laughs> who, who loves who loves to eat apparently <laughs> i'll tell you he's not hard to win over no, a good meal and i'm like a i'm like a loyal pet yeah it's true that's fantastic it's always late <laughs> I love it. Okay. We are we are so pumped to finally get to see this. Uh Renovation Resort premiering Sunday, March fifth, ten PM on HGTV Canada, also available to stream on Stack TV. Thank you so much, Scott and Brian, for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank Thanks you. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Okay, back to after nine. <laughs> no, it was great to talk great to them. Guys. And we knew that they'd be calling in at some point during the episode of after nine. So glad we could squeeze them in. It's going to be a great series. And Kat just gave you all the info there. We'll remind you as it gets a little bit closer. Dave, the hell was I going to ask you? <laughs> I don't know. I got all sidetracked. What's one thing interview. you learned about Dave? Dave oh, what's no, one thing you that? learned about Kat <laughs> in this episode? Yeah, that's right. Tell me one thing you learned about Scott McGilvery in this episode. <laughs> I guess he'll be crying a lot on the show. <laughs> ah, Sensitive fellow. I've got it. Okay. For those who don't know, and and Scott McGilvery was, wait, it was Brian that cooked. Was it Scott that cooked for Brian? Brian cooked, Brian for, Scott. cooked for Scott. Brian cooked Brian's for Scott. Brian's a good cook, we learned. Dave has cooked for me. 
And and those who don't know, Dave is an exceptional cook. He's Are like you Dave? Gifted in the kitchen. He's got a palate. He's got a, a nose for seasoning. He knows what he's doing. Okay. So I trust Dave with this. Is a muffin dessert? Oh. <laughs> I don't consider it to be one. No, it's not dessert. It's bullshit. That be it confident. Even made this Say list. no. <laughs> yeah, no, right. it's not. I can't sit on the fence on this one, huh? <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't yeah. think so. Really? I don't think so. There's there's difference in consistencies with desserts, and I don't think a muffin's consistency oh. makes me think of dessert. But oh. isn't a because mu- cupcakes are definitely oh. a dessert? But isn't a muffin just a cupcake but with icing? No, no. different, completely different, different texture, uh, different um, moisture. Everything is is different about a muffin and a and a cupcake. Come to think of it, you should be on the Food Network. I just decided <laughs> that. No, no, and I'll tell you, this area is the one I think I have the least confidence in is baking. I feel like completely. Inept when I it comes to baking. I freaking hate baking. But you're good at it. You've mm. you just made those like fire red pancakes and stuff That's for Valentine's not baking. Day. That's not pancakes. Aren't baking? I don't. I don't like baking. It's too messy. There's too much to clean up. It's not worth it. Baking's not worth it. I huh. said it. Wow. I'd rather purchase it. Like, then that's good. That's fine. Because I didn't have to, like, clean all the pots and stuff like that. No. Well, cooking's one thing. But baking, for me, uses way too many things. Mediocre baking is not worth it. But when somebody's really good at it, they should that's do it forever. Absolutely. <laughs> and never stop because it's you're a, a gift to this world if you can do that. I agree. I mean, I agree. It's not worth my baking isn't worth yeah, it. Let's preface it by same, saying yeah. my baking isn't yeah. worth the cleanup. I feel the exact same way about mine. Yeah. Okay. So I think we agree then. Muffins are not dessert. Yeah. Donuts. Is that dessert? Can I just pick up a Boston cream at Tim's on my way home and say, dessert's taken care of? Again, that's a, I kind of think of that one more like a muffin. I don't feel desserty when I think of a donut. No, I don't either. Despite the amount of sprinkles you may put on it. They ask people, hey, top dessert, go ahead, list off what you need to have after a meal. And before I tell you this list, a lot of adults, like more than a third, have more of a sweet tooth as an adult than they did as a kid. And I feel that. I have, I don't know what it is, but I just can't get enough sugar lately. It's probably different kinds of sugar, though, because when you were a kid, I'm sure it was like everlasting gobstoppers and nerds and like the, the really hard candy and that. Now it's probably something not like that. I don't imagine Scott going to a, a gas station and buying a box of runts. No. Sweet tarts. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's getting sweet tarts. I, I was a... Fat little fuck when I was young. <laughs> I remember one time I had money from my paper route and yep. everybody used to pay for the newspaper in cash. So you'd go around and do your collections yep. and a little bit was for you. The rest was for the, the newspaper. Yeah. I went to the store and bought a tub of icing like you'd put on a cake and ate it. <laughs> <laughs> Did your mom know? I told her afterwards because I felt so fucking sick. I didn't want to admit she was right. <laughs> you'll get worms. You'll get worms. I didn't get worms, but I felt like a bag of crap yeah. after that. I love those. I, uh, I love those wives' tales with the the you know, <laughs> you'll get worms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the raw Mister Noodles for my for my my gen. Yeah, yeah, it was like you're gonna get worms if you eat ramen raw. Basically, is Mister Noodles. I think most people know. We used to crunch it up as a snack and eat it. Why would you and get then worms like, from that? I don't know. That's exactly. That, that, but that's that was it. the rumor. It was like you're gonna get worms. And, and the one that I always loved was uh, my grandmother. I think still swears to it to this day. Is don't go outside with wet hair because you'll catch pneumonia. <laughs> yeah, like you don't catch. <laughs> yeah. Stop it.
perfect. Yeah. A viral Yay. chest infection from yeah. wet hair. Yeah, and oh. she she is uh like a wealth of knowledge, but then there's just a small percentage is the wealth of bullshit <laughs> that she swears by. Yeah. Still like, That's a hundred percent true. I'm like, it is not. Stop saying that. Or if you eat a lot, don't go swimming right after you eat. Like, well, why the fuck not? I'm well, gonna burn this off a little bit. But that one I understand because of the uh, the cramping. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I swim right. out to the lake and cramp, and then oh, it's because oh I, no, it's because I only waited twenty four minutes. Grandma was right. <laughs> Luckily, I'm in a lake. <laughs> no one's gonna know. Yeah, gonna be buried at sea. Just <sighs> let me die right here. Cake was the number one thing that people said they wanted for a dessert. That I understand. Here, it, let me. Okay, you talked donuts there for a second, and I was thinking about it as a potential dessert food. If you go to the drive, let's say you go to Tim's and you get, let's say you get a wrap, you get a a donut and your your drink, your coffee, whatever you're having. That's a standard combo. Yeah. What? At what point do you eat the donut? Okay, for me, first. Okay. First. First, yeah. Wait a second. Because it's right there and the bag isn't closed, so you can just sort of slide your hand in and just give her. The the wrap, you've got to go through the process and, and it's kind of hot sometimes. So I like to just sort of let it sit and like <laughs> gel back together so it's not falling apart. The cheese in it will melt together and it'll hold it better. So I eat the donut first and then I'll get to the wrap later on. So My chicken cheddar club is resting, <laughs> chef. <laughs> it's resting. You don't. <laughs> It's settling. Yeah. So you don't actually eat it as a dessert if no. you, in that combo when it's meant to, I suppose, be like the sweet thing after. I think that's what it's meant for, right? To be like that sweet thing after you eat. It's supposed to be. Like it's more like an amuse-bouche for me. Cat, <laughs> <laughs> what about Whatever. you? Are you eating it last? I think, yeah, with the co- and with the coffee. With the coffee. At so the in, same exact time. So in that case, would you consider it a dessert? Because it's a dessert yeah, to your main course wrap or whatever you're like, eating? Listen, it's not a hill I'm ready to die on or anything. Like, it, I don't have that strong of an opinion, but I think that baked goods are less dessert and more of a snack. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get behind like, that. Croissants, mm. uh, all your all the stuff that you can get at Tim's, basically. Like, I think it's a bit more as like a snack than a dessert. You see, and I put croissants in a like a bread category because I can make a sandwich with it. You could. I'm not making a sandwich <gasps> with a brand muffin. Not those sugary glazed ones, though. Oh. You could, but that's fucking let's, crazy. Let's, let's get... Let's get <laughs> Let's all get on the same page here. We're not doing the chocolate spread drizzled ones. A little turkey a, in there. No, no, no. Love a good ham sandwich on a chocolate croissant. Some tomato, Marty. Yeah. Tomato slices, please. The person working at Tim's like I fucking quit. Yeah. Imagine the combo requests they get. I, I'm oh gross. It's gr- I guarantee you, it's disgusting. No, you know what? Because most of the people that work at Tim's are teenagers. They're kids. They probably love that shit. You're probably giving them a good idea when you go in and order like a turkey sandwich on a chocolate croissant. They're probably thinking, fuck, I'm doing that. That's great. <laughs> They're probably thinking, I wonder how high that guy is. <laughs> yep. Like, hey, man, can you get like one of the baguettes, just hollow it out and fill it with chili and then just hand me that like oh, in yeah. a cylinder? <laughs> That's not bad. High drive through orders would be hilarious. As long as it's not You're the person in the actually driving. Seat, to yes. be perfectly yeah. clear. Exactly, yes, exactly. So the reason I ask is because they ask people again, what's your favorite dessert? Cake was number one. Pie and cookies were also on the list. But in the top five, donuts and muffins made it. Yeah, if I if I went to a, like a dinner party, um, enjoyed a lovely meal, and then at the end they said, oh, dessert's about to be served, and they brought out 
muffins. I, I would be like, that's oh, disappointing. This is more continental breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys put out the wrong platter? That's right. <laughs> that's what that feels like. Mm-hmm. So get this. Donuts and muffins are in the top five. Brownies is like way down at number nine, followed by macaroons. And ice cream didn't even make the top ah, 10. No, the bl- fuck did they ask? We don't like this list. Okay, per- we're gonna, let's go Bless some macaroons. Around. Can we bless some macaroons? You like, a, you like a macaroon? Bless a macaroon. They get hate. I think that they don't get enough credit for being like a perfectly yeah. fine treat. Yeah. Um, perfect dessert. Round table. Scott, go. Perfect dessert. After per- a great meal. Perfect dessert. Layla's Cheesecake in Burlington. Okay. Wow. They serve it that's by the jar. Very specific. All right. Serve by the jar. I was thinking just a thing, but it's, that's great. It's on Fairview Road in Burlington. It's amazing. Trust oh. me. Oh, snap. All right. Well, let's continue this trend. Uh, an ice cream cake from Dairy Queen. Okay. Uh, no. See, I was going to say ice cream, specifically vanilla. Just a little bit of vanilla ice cream. Perfect. Vanilla ice cream? That's it. You know, there's dozens of I'm flavors. I'm a plain bitch. If you, right. go, if you go to a, like a Baskin Robbins or a Marble Slab, are you the one that goes up and says, oh, there's that vanilla. one scoop of vanilla, <laughs> please? Like vanilla, please. All you have is French vanilla. I'm, I'm not feeling that fancy. <laughs> Can I sample it first? People, people I want are, it as white as possible. People are making these concoctions of you know, throwing in M&Ms and Reese peanut butter cup pieces and Oreos. And you got any caramel drizzle that shit on too. And then Kat's like, well, doesn't have one scoop of vanilla. <laughs> not in a sugar cone, please. <laughs> We had a good conversation today on our morning show, and it was, um, by the way, we're we're leaving the dessert conversation because I don't want to mix these two up. We're leaving the dessert conversation, and we're going to a practical everyday thing. Okay. Kat was talking about how we should all have some sort of an emergency kit. Mm-hmm. And and we're going to make a plea here. I'm going to put this out there because I know there's a lot of influencers that listen to this pod, and maybe we can make this happen. You can go to just about any shoppers or pharmacy around and you can get a naloxone kit for free. And that's in case you ever come across somebody who's having an opioid overdose. But EpiPens cost $130 each. Yeah. It does not make sense. Naloxone is free and it should be free. It's great because it saves lives and it's important that it be out there and that there be resources for people who are addicted. But the EpiPen, which does the exact same thing for people that have anaphylaxis, Nope. Need a prescription? $130. And it doesn't make sense to me. It, it doesn't make sense to me either. Do they have, um, this would be a good question for you, Scott, because I know you have an EpiPen handy with you um, at all times. That's to sign autographs. Yeah. <laughs> That's how much of a pimp I am. I sign autographs with an EpiPen. <laughs> and then throw it out after. <laughs> Can you, this is going to be probably a dumb question, but again, I don't know enough about it and I should. I feel like Lick you, it. You'll feel amazing. <laughs> <Stop> it. <laughs> <laughs> Lick that signature. Fuck. Do do they have like EpiPen is good for one use only too, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, right. so mm-hmm. one use, one hundred thirty dollars, and it expires at a certain point. After a year, it expires. A year. I don't know. For me, I feel like I wish that they could make that cheaper and I wish that they could put it in a kit. I'd love to have one of those handy at all times. And if you told me that even if we did have to pay for it, even if you told me shoppers walk up and grab your kit and it has like a little enough for a dose of naloxone, whatever that is. Again, I don't know my proper lingo, but that EpiPen, maybe aspirin, whatever might come in handy in an emergency situation. I'd buy that, though. Can I just say, like, I understand what you're saying about free. Totally agree with you. But I'd also 
just as someone who doesn't need any of those things yet or now, I also have young children. Who knows what can happen? We know allergies pop up out of nowhere. I would purchase one of those so I could carry it around with me all the time. Where is that? Having a kit that everybody could have. You never know who's coming over or what they're dealing with. Uh, I mm-hmm. have people over to my place from time to time. I don't know if I would know if they're actually like secretly heavily addicted to drugs. And if they go into the bathroom and drop a hit of something, what do I do if they they pass right? out? What do I do if somebody's walking their dog down the street and they're on something and they just go down? Like I apparently when you go and get the naloxone kit, the pharmacist will say, here's what to look for as far as an opioid overdose is concerned. Here's how you use the naloxone. Phone 911 right away. And if the naloxone doesn't work, wait two to three minutes and give another shot and keep doing that until the paramedics arrive. It's a good tutorial. Yeah. Is there extra education needed? I'll admit ignorance on this, but is there extra education needed for somebody who needs an EpiPen? Because not everybody would need that. Is there any damage or potential issue if you use one for somebody who doesn't need it? Uh, All these are things that I wonder about. Are are you asking if you can take it recreationally? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) No. You get high off of it? No. No. No, no, no. I mean, no, that's a good question. Is it dangerous to give if you're uncertain? And and here's a good good, um, example to bring up. We all have a mutual friend who has a child who had uh, an allergic reaction to pine nuts out of nowhere. Had no idea. All of a sudden, ate a bunch of pine nuts. Someone served them pine nuts and just ballooned up. Hey, you want a bowl of pine nuts? That's what happened, though. It was just really random that someone offered pine nuts, but that's what he happened to be allergic to. They had no idea up until this point. He's like, eight, nine, ten. All of a sudden, just ballooned up and it freaked them out. They went to the ER. They did all the right things. Thankfully, he's okay. But in situations like that, for example, maybe he didn't need one. If you administer it, is it still okay? Because stuff like that does happen. And that's what I mean when I say, like, I, I would love to carry one around all the time just in case shit like that happens. It's scary. Yeah. This is an EpiPen mm-hmm. and it, it's got the instructions on it. So what you do is you pull the little blue off there and then you press the plunger down and boom, it's orange to the thigh, blue, blue to, to the, the sky. sky. And boom, you're good. And it even says right here, needle end. They had to do that because so many people have had it backwards and actually stabbed themselves through the thumb (coughs) with epinephrine. Not good. So anyway, this is is what it looks like. But yeah, these little bastards are expensive. And I just thought for people who go into an anaphylactic shock, you need one of these. Sometimes quicker than than Mm -hmm. the paramedics can arrive. Exactly. Well, to my question about education of it, would I know the signs if somebody was having an anaphylactic shock. Would I know? Like, let's say I'm carrying one for safety purposes. I see someone, would I know the cases if they couldn't tell me what was going on? Yeah. You know what? I think a a lot of anaphylaxis has the similar symptoms. I was different. I had my first anaphylactic reaction when I was 40 years old and I was never allergic to it until 40. And it just came out of nowhere. So in my case, I didn't swell up like a balloon like some people do. Mm -hmm. I just, my blood pressure completely dropped. I was woozy and I ended up passing out. But fortunately, I made it as far as a pharmacy because it happened when I was driving. So I pulled into the pharmacy. I parked in a spot for the differently, is it differently abled? Is that how we say it now? I want to be as inclusive as possible. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. In a blue spot. I parked in one of those spots, probably shouldn't have. Yeah. Walked into the pharmacy and he said, hi, can I help you? And I said, I think I need some, I, and I was gone. As soon as I made it into the pharmacy, I passed out. But fortunately, it was also a pharmacy that has a walk-in clinic in it. So the doctor came out and even the doctor was like, I don't know, phone 911. (laughs) And he ended up calling an ambulance. Yeah. But uh, I don't know that everybody's going to swell up like that, but you'll certainly have indications that they're in serious distress. You could probably link fairly easily, I think, uh, an anaphylactic reaction. So for what it's worth, 
if you're one of those decision makers in healthcare or in government or whatever, great. You're on the right track with making the, the naloxone available. But I also think you should have EpiPens available. And I think anybody should be able to get them, no questions asked, just to have around their house or around their workplace. Well, I, I love that because I think that that's super important. And the education part is what I'm talking about, bringing that to the surface to make sure everybody understands it. Because it would be kind of a bummer to see somebody out on your sidewalk in front of your house on the ground. You run out and just jab him with an EpiPen. He's like, I twisted my ankle. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> there goes $130 too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? <laughs> no. <laughs> but life-saving medication and things like that, that should not be in that price range. It shouldn't be prescription and it shouldn't be, uh, there shouldn't be a fee for it. I mean, we pay enough for healthcare via yeah. our taxes. They should, they could just make these available and save lives. Maybe I should put that in the same category as paying for parking at the hospital. Yeah. Oh, you've probably racked up a fortune in hospital oh, bills. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a lot. Um, to me, I'll never quite understand who said, you know, this is a, actually quite a good idea. Are people just abusing the parking at hospitals that they thought we need to make people pay for it? I think that does happen. And you know what it is, too? It's the guest thing. Because people will stay and they'll linger and stuff as guests. Maybe that's what it initially started it. Like, you can't park your car here. There's people coming here that need help, you know, or, or that are here for an appointment or something else. That should be, I mean, it should be easy for those who are there for actual well, appointments and stuff. I was so frustrated at, at the hospital a couple of weeks ago. As I was going up to to pay for the parking uh, at the at the machine, there was a woman there putting this little old lady's putting this ch- change in the machine, trying to pay for her parking, mm-hmm. and one of her quarters, the machine wouldn't read it, Ugh. and she's just getting frustrated, and she's trying, and she's just, uh. and and for me the whole time I'm thinking, uh, I got to get up there too. Um, can I just pay for your your ticket and? just just take it. I understand you're having problems with the change. And she's like, no, 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 I'll, I'll figure it out. But when you're there and you're dealing with that last little hurdle, you're, no one's at the hospital for fun. Yeah. No, no one's like, hey, yeah. let's go to the food court yeah. um, at the hospital for lunch. That's not how that works. So when these people are there for clearly reasons that are, are, are probably very stressful, mm-hmm. the last thing you got to figure out is, do I have enough to pay for parking? Or, yes. or is my card going to work? Or, oh, did I pay enough and I got to run back out? And go and check the ticket. Like, yeah. I'm just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know who's, yeah. I don't know where that money goes to. And I just feel like it's just the wrong time to try to be on somebody uh, to pay for parking. I, I, feels I gross. agree. I agree. I think that the hospitals downtown probably have had those situations, right? The ones where it's like trouble finding parking. So people park there because they're assholes and they don't want to like pay for parking on the street or something. But I agree that those people are there for probably not good. Most people are there for probably not good reasons. Now you're there for, you'll be there for a good reason soon enough, right? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's exciting. So that's not too bad. And I know they offered, there's parking passes and deals and things like that, but is that something that I, I really should be thinking about right now? People yeah. who are going in yeah. for cancer treatments, people yeah. who are going in for oh, yeah. dialysis and all kinds of things, they're going to see loved ones. Maybe they've lost a loved one. Yep. Uh, they're going yeah. into this this hospital, and I just think that that's such a uh, such a kick in the teeth. I, 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 I hate it so much. It feels immensely tacky, and it just it doesn't feel Canadian. Mm-hmm. Billions and billions and billions every year nationwide spent on healthcare, and yet hospitals still have to fundraise to buy equipment. And we're still jamming people with a parking fee yeah. when they have to go for dialysis or a cancer treatment. And, and it's not cheap parking. No. It's not like two bucks to say, hey, you paid for the space. It's yeah. generating revenue. And spoiler alert, the food court is shit. There's just not very good options there at the hospital. You just you yeah. run out. Yeah, you, you run out of choices real quick. <laughs> you then you're back to eating that wrap at Tim Hortons again with the donut first.
All right, we got to go. Who do we owe an apology to here, though, Dave? Uh, you know, the list is is not as bountiful as usual, but it is important. We have to apologize to the lonely custodian who probably discovered John Tory working late hours at City Hall. <laughs> <laughs> he was working, all right. Yeah, we should say sorry to balloon hobbyists everywhere. Um, <laughs> That's not a thing, is it? It oh, probably is. Uh, apologies to... Anyone who eats muffins is dessert. Sorry to donut lovers. We should apologize to anyone who feels slighted by our mocking of Cat's choice of vanilla ice cream. Uh, we should also apologize to people who have to pay for parking at the hospital. And finally, Mike Tyson. Not because he did anything or we did anything, but just because it's a good idea to say sorry. Yeah. Wonderful. We'll be back on Tuesday with another brand new episode of After 9. Have a good long weekend. Victoria Cruise Line is now selling a 27-month long cruise. 27-month oh. That's not a vacation, that's running away and starting a new life. According to a new study, Cleveland and Detroit are the least expensive U.S. cities for single people in the same way that the cheapest car you can buy is just to walk. Chick-fil-A just opened a break room in New York City where delivery workers can stop for coffee, use the restroom, and charge their phones. Yeah, that story again, Chick-fil-A opened a Starbucks. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it.